name is Jesse Kay. I'm a recording artist from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to What's Your Birthday and What Does It Mean? Sisters Donna Bernard and Jerry Isaacs from DearWiseWomen.com explore life's dynamics from their unique point of view based on the day you were born. Sponsored by NashvilleGuitarGuru.com. It's always fun, it never disappoints, and it's always in the cards. Hey everyone, it's Jerry Isaacs with DearWiseWomen.com. We're here on 360 Talk Radio for Women, and I'm here with my sister, Donna Bernard. Hey, Donna. Hey, Jerry. Always look forward to our conversations. We talk about, well, we've been talking about this for 25 years, why the day you were born sets your personality traits. And about two years ago, you started covering the the royal family, and you named our story The Royal Quandary. And we took a, a good look at all the fa- like the family members, Harry and William and their cards. And it's like now it's the persistent royal family. That's I mean, the persistent royal quandary. That's because nothing really has resolved yet. So it's going to continue for the time being. So I decided to call it persistent. <laughs> well, it, it is. And it, it's a shame, but it's also captured the attention of the world because you have these two brothers in this royal rift. And and we all, you know, you know, with the Queen's passing. I don't know, Jerry, what do you think is going to happen? Because now we have Prince Harry and Meghan on our side of the pond. And Prince William and Kate and the rest of the family on the other side. I have no idea what's going to happen, but, you know, if you listen to Harry, he'd rather live in America. I I mean, you know, I heard him say it and he's still like, you know, the, the, the prince of the Duke of Sussex and, you know, they still have their titles, but they're not working Royals. And hopefully I would think that there are not the paparazzi isn't like all over him all the time, even though he's all over the everything on TV everywhere, but there's a difference because he's calling the shots. It's not like when you're in, in uh, Great Britain and then the paparazzi is just, uh, it's almost part of your family. It's like the third part of the so-called firm, you know? No, I, I know. And, and it's interesting. And it, it's, he, Harry does not hold back um, being a royal and his relationship with his family, you know, especially William. And, you know, you wrote something that was really interesting as we prepare for our conversation, that everyone is talking about these shocking revelations and you said what we what you thought was the most shocking is the part of how shocked they all were. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I'm not. I wasn't. Sh- I'm not shocked at what's happening, and I feel like, especially after really analyzing their cards, it made so much. It's perfect sense to me. But you know, Harry grew up always. I I love it. You know, his book is called Spare, you know, but 
you know, actually he was talking and going, well, you know, there's the air and then there's the spare. And I was like, oh, wow. That's, I mean, he's now fifth in line to succession, but it's after William and all of William's children. William has three now. If he has another one, then it pushes Harry back one more. So he goes, oh, great. I have another niece or nephew. Let me add a number. I'm right. Mm-hmm. So he down knows. the line. <laughs> yeah, so he knew he would not be king, you know. So, and because of that, his life was um, became more of a tabloid thing because they they could uh, talk about him, but I don't think they wanted to really do too much about William because he's the future king. And I, you know, that's true. And, you know, it, it's interesting. And one of the reasons we weren't shocked that you have two siblings battling is because we're mothers of siblings, siblings battle. And then also we always look at the day their people are born and their personality traits. And we can tell a lot on people who can work together, get along or who wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be compatible And what's interesting about Harry's cards and William's cards, even though they're born on different days, they have the same two first cards, the nine of clubs and the nine of spades. Now, I find that when when we've discovered that, it was like this really was astonishing to me because as much as I think Prince William would say we're very different people, all I kept thinking was they're two stubborn brothers, two peas in a pod. But Jerry, let's talk about this further because you know you 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 wrote a lot about this, and I encourage people to visit our website dearwisewomen.com, because we um, we have a whole section on the persistent royal quandary, and you can read about all their personalities and our insights. So, Jerry, what do, what does that tell us? Well, you know the nines. We they there's a lot of nines, and nines are very dedicated to service, and that's something that you clearly royals are people who do service because that's the that's what their work is. Their work is to be you know going all over the Commonwealth and and you know promote you know helping other people. And, you know, it's sort of a burden on them, but, but, and they're destined to sacrifice, but, you know, they say if, you know, without sacrifice, there's no reward. Like, you know, you don't know what good is unless you see bad. So that's just one of those things. And so all of them, the two of them have nines and it really sort of makes them it sort of demands them to be very selfless, but it also makes them a little bit of the old souls. Like, so they, they have some wisdom to them, even if they don't show it at all times. Well, they may have to grow into wisdom. I, and I think Harry really has grown into wisdom. I, I but- think so too. And I, you know, I always say people have to get over whatever it was in their life when they were little, that is like a roadblock for them. And, and and this you have said many times with the nine of clubs. And I am married to a nine of clubs as well. And he too had to 
get over some difficult things. And this yeah. is, it bothers yeah. me when people go, oh, well, you know, they're, they're princes. What do they have to get over? But, you know, they lost their mother when, you know, they lost Diana. Harry was 12. And not only did he lose his mother, the whole world grieved and he didn't really shed a tear. Like he couldn't, he couldn't cry, he said. And it, it, he thought she was still alive and that she was hiding somewhere and would, you know, come for him. And he had to like walk, you know, walk with William behind the the casket and putting the flowers from all the people, putting them in that where they're all, all the flowers were going. I mean, there's so much that he had to do when he was only 12. And it, I, I think it was hard for him and he had to learn how to grow past it. I mean, he did a lot of drugs. He did a lot of, you know, and that's what we see with people who have to get over something, some trauma. First, first they're, you know, trying to numb themselves. And when they finally get, grow out of it, I, I think the um, the military also saved him. And that's service too, when you think about it. Well, it's all service, but but I just want to, you know, we always review this from a different lens of the the cards. And we talked about the nine of clubs and, you know, the nine of clubs you wrote is it's different. It's difficult for them to see things clearly when family dynamics get emotionally charged. In addition, they are known to waste time and energy being frivolous and self-indulgent. And I think um, that was their youth. But then this this family dynamic um, is real. You know, the the issues they have, both Harry and William are defending their wives. And it's an emotionally charged situation right now. And I think that shows what they really have in common, not what they have different about them. And then you wrote about the nine of spades, which is the second card they both share, which has the heaviest burden of the nine. And most nine of spades, you wrote, have to help others before they help themselves. And it's really interesting because sometimes I I go back and read what you wrote and I'm like, oh my God, when did you write this? They know it's important to keep up appearances, yet they can be skeptic and very stubborn. And this is a recipe for emotional problems and was surely a problem for Harry and William. William being older and the future king kept his feelings mostly to himself as a royal is expected to do. And it's really interesting when you go back and revisit this, that this is probably exactly the truth. And, and the other thing before we you, you say what's different, what separates them, both of them married women that also have nines. Yeah. So Prince Harry, he met Meghan Markle, is a double nine of diamonds and a jack of diamonds. And Princess Kate, she has a five of spades, king of hearts, and a nine of clubs. So she, too, was very connected with that nine of clubs to Harry and William. Yeah. And, you know, you see how these four people, 
are destined for service. Right. And they have the ability possibly to get along if they can get past their their feelings, bad feelings. Uh, But I think that it's not going to. Jerry, I think they need us because the truth (laughs) of the matter is. Harry, call us. (laughs) Yeah, Harry calls. I don't think William will, but um, maybe (laughs) Megan will. Because it's the third card. And I want you to explain the difference between William and Harry. Because so much is the same. Now we have to look at what's the difference. Well, this this is what really blew my mind when I first looked at it. Because the first two cards are so much the same. And a lot of times, that's all we would talk to about people about the first two cards. But when I looked at their third cards, it became crystal clear what, what happened. So... I mean, William's third card is a jack of hearts, and that's a card of sacrifice, and it's sacrifice through love. So William basically accepted his role as first in line of succession to the British throne now after his father, King Charles. He was a little further when his uh, when Queen Elizabeth was alive, but he accepted that role, that sacrifice for the country. He was for the Commonwealth. That's what he was doing. And he was happy doing that. But Harry is a two of hearts. And that's so vastly different. I mean, that's a love affair card. And I believe like when he said he met Megan, it it was like a soulmate. And I believe that that was true. And he was very devoted to her from the beginning instead of being devoted to the crown. You know, he loved her and it was knowing that he wasn't going to be king. He still loves her. And he still loves her. And knowing that he wasn't going to be king, it makes sense as to how the the love affair that was very important for him to protect her. And, you know, after they got married and remember that beautiful wedding and it looked so magical, um, the next thing you know, they're living there, and it seems like like um, Megan can't do anything right, according to the British press and the paparazzi. They were after her like crazy, and some were very positive, but some were very negative. And but just hold on for a second, because so we have Harry and Megan that have the cards of the nines that are so closely aligned, and William. And Kate, she has that nine of of, uh, clubs too. But she has that king of hearts. And William has that jack of hearts. So it's really interesting. And, you know, Jerry, we we talk about this and we we look at things and then we we start recording and I see something different. I see something additional. That Princess William, Prince William and Princess Kate both have royal cards of hearts, the jack of hearts and the king of hearts. And it's interesting that, you know, that's their path. And I think right now they have to figure out how to open their hearts with the heart, (laughs) with their cards, the heart. They have to open up the heart and figure out a way to really resolve this and move forward. And and I, I hope they'll have that insight. They might have to hear it from us. But when you see the cards laid out and, and Princess Kate, she has that five of spades. She wants to travel and 
and be that regal princess. And she has that king. So what do you think, Jer? Well, I think that uh, if you really look at it closely, Kate has very similar cards to Diana. Oh, that's true. The princess Diana. I mean, she has almost the same cards, except Prince Diana has the first two cards that Ace of Spades and Three of Diamonds. Um, but Kate has the wandering card, that Five of, of Spades, which makes her a really good partner to be traveling all over the Commonwealth. And the King of Hearts is just that loving parent type of card. And so, so they, they share two of the same cards. They they share the hearts and the five of spades. That's Diana. Right, Diana. Yeah. So, but, you know, I think that Diana would honestly be more aligned with Megan. Because I think that would be who she saw more of herself in. Because oh. you know, Kate, I think, is going right along with the with royalty. You know, she was raised for that. She knows what to do and she's going to do it. Whereas Megan, you took a girl from the U.S. And I mean, an actress from Suits, which we love. Finally, you would right. <laughs> Finally, I watched it and now it's the uh, soundtrack to my life and expected her to to what to fit in everything harry was pretty um you know he was in it he he was not he was naive naive that's what i was thinking he was of. naive he was very naive because he just didn't understand the reality of having a biracial wife who was an american and a tv actress you know with some and a divorcee and a divorcee and pretty steamy sex not sex but you know scenes on suits and you could just see how it would be a problem. But Harry was, you know, smitten. And it was okay. It was okay. He was not looking, but it wasn't okay with the with the royals. They were, you know, things were being passed on to the paparazzi with from someone in the family. And she got so much bad press that it it was not deserving. And yet, well, not only not deserving, it was unnerving. It was bad words. <laughs> right. It was very, very unnerving. I mean, you know, she said at one point she was looking, think, contemplating suicide, which I was sort of surprised to hear. But here she was. It's like a fairy tale being, you know, turned into sudden, a nightmare. Turned into a nightmare, which is really what happened with Diana, too. And that is true. And all Harry, I'm sure, could think about is Diana being chased by the paparazzi wherever she went. And now he was living that life with Megan. And he the answer for him, instead of having a car accident killing his wife, the answer for him was getting the heck out of out of the situation. And Jay, what you wrote a while ago. For the nine of clubs, they will mature and use their powerful minds to overcome the early difficulties in life, giving them great power in all situations. Well, I believe that's true. 
but I believe they have to grow up. And honestly, I feel like Harry wrote his book. It was very cathartic for him. He he really tried to tell his truth, his story. A lot of things were leaked and they were, you know, when you leak a a few lines out of a book, you can always spin it one way or the other. You know, you have to read the book to really understand what he went through. And you know, I, have, was- I ordered the book yesterday on the day it was released. Well, I did hear that um, the audio book is, is his voice, that he recorded it. And I heard that it, I think it crashed on the first day with all the downloads. <laughs> and I, I think the royal family was saying, oh, nobody's going to buy it. And I think it's another top seller. Oh, it's definitely um, it's a bestseller. And he's the hottest person around. I mean, well, he has personality, too. Oh, my God. He was so he was on Stephen Colbert and he was so personable and so real and so genuine. And I would I would, you know, I'm sure that if you had Prince William there. City would have much to say. It, exactly. It would be very awkward because I think he doesn't know how to, you know, Get down and enjoy himself. I really don't think he does. Um, well, I mean, he was younger. I think. I think that the, the royal family is at a very pivotal moment, and I think with Queen Elizabeth's passing, you know, we people admired Queen Elizabeth and said she had just this great sense of humor and personality. But you know what? She's known for never giving her opinion. And I think I think she left a little bit of a very big mess by not trying to heal the rift yeah. of her grandsons. I mean, she didn't make it any better because when they went over for the Platinum Jubilee, they had 15 minutes with her. Yeah, That's all. And it was little Beth's birthday. And I mean, she met the queen, the queen met the met the baby. Who was named after her, of course, but like they, the queen didn't make anything easier. And when she passed, it was even worse because they went to England knowing that she was getting really things were bad. And what Harry asked his brother, "How are you getting there?" And his brother was like, "Didn't answer him." And they were all there. And by the time Harry got there, she was gone. And I think that's such a sad story, even though when they ask him, well, how did you feel? He said, well, I felt happy for her because he went in to see her. She was, you know, gone, but she was still there physically. And he was talking to her. And I can relate to that because, you know, our mother, when she passed away, I was sitting right next to her and I talked to her. And it's it's a very meaningful thing when you have that. but. You know, he he didn't talk about how hurt he was that he didn't make it in time. But, man, that makes me sad for him. Well, I, you know what? I think, you know, at, at some point, you know, he knows his relationship with her. And, and the Queen Elizabeth, she had a king of clubs, just like you. You both shared that that card. See, so Jerry, so when we talk about the cards, these are playing cards but this is based on an ancient esoteric science. And Jerry's first card is a king of clubs. Her second card 
Did I say that wrong? Is Oh, is a two of spades, everyone's friend. And her third card is at four diamonds. But my first card is a four diamonds, which manifests in very always working hard for what I have. And, I, and Jerry, Jerry does that too now. And my second I don't card, have anything. <laughs> but my second card is a two of spades like Jerry, everyone's friend. And my third is a ten of clubs, that mental accomplishment. But it's really interesting when we talk about the kings, especially when you're a woman with a king. And she's a king with the with the clubs, which is a lot of mental power. And the fact that she didn't try to, maybe she was overthinking it, Jerry. I, you know what? Remember we, we uh, read or heard that she had journals or diaries and they're going to come out at some point, you know? Oof, so could you imagine? Some point, maybe we'll, maybe people will know what her point of view actually was. I mean, she, she was in that position for 70 years and Charles had to wait and wait and wait. It was a long wait for him to become king. I mean, it's not going to be as long a wait for William. Um, you know, and Camilla is queen consort. And I know that in past talkings, I said that I sort of warmed up to Camilla because the queen really, really liked her. Because when I grew up with Diana, when Diana died, I hated Camilla. I, I did not like her. I thought, you know, she she was the problem. But when I really, when you looked at their cards, when I looked at Camilla and Charles, they were like soulmates. That was really obvious. And I felt like, well, maybe the the, the bad part of it was that Diana married married him. He should have been allowed to marry Camilla and his life would have been a lot different. And, but he didn't, he married Diana and he didn't make her happy, you know? Well, 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 you know, he, he, he followed what he thought was best for the, you know, the person that they wanted to be the future queen. You know, yeah, they, they, they wouldn't let him. Yeah. They picked Diana. And, and then, you know, we all know what happened. But, you know, Diana's cards and and Charles are not, you know, aligned the way Camilla and um, and Charles, are. Charles were. Right. And, and we didn't really understand their relationship until, again, we were looking at it and said, oh, my goodness, their cards are, are the same, are, are so similar. It had to be like they knew each other and they were they just had this magnet to be together. And and. You can read about this on the Royal Quandary on our site, um, and we'll probably cover this more. But but we wanted to start with Meghan and Harry and Kate and William in this series because we have covered all of them, and it's a really interesting dynamic. So but it's also but, it's, this is Harry's time. This is Harry's time. This is Harry's time, and you know Meghan isn't going on, is not touring with him, although. You know, she did the Netflix series and all that, but she just, you know, she wasn't on TV with him last night. I haven't seen her in any of the interviews. I'm sure she's home with it with the with the children, and she's and probably she very happy. She she can't win, so she's so she's standing back and letting her husband shine. Although I have to wonder because she's in California, and you know, California is getting like battered by oh. storms. And I think even where you know, all of California. So hopefully I'm sure she's okay. But, you know, I always thought California was going to 
go into the water from an earthquake, but who knows, floods could <laughs> end up doing it. <laughs> the water can rise and California could be gone. I don't know. Yeah, we, it's it's like we just did a story. I think we, we were talking about meatloaf who didn't believe in climate change. I don't know. I think, Donna, yeah, there are people that believe that the world is flat. You know what? I think we're going to equate people who are deniers with the world is flat. Because I think that just says it all. Like, we don't have to say we disagree with you. We have to say, oh, I know you're one of the, the world is flat. <laughs> and just leave it as that. Because, you know, it's, what else can you say for people who deny things, who can't grasp concepts? The world is flat. You see, it's, you see that map on the wall? It's flat. It's flat. Look, <laughs> I can make a case for it. I could start walking and going by boat and going by whatever. And I could just keep going straight ahead and get back to where I am. So, I mean, well, that's well, that, that means it's circle down, then. Jerry. That doesn't that mean flat. flat. <laughs> <laughs> that means that you don't fall off. I just mean I won't fall off. You never fall off. siblings fight you know it's jerry it's really interesting because you know we you know growing up we have two brothers that fought i fought with my younger sister and the reality is siblings fight they have arguments the whole family can go crazy and and then what happens they make peace because siblings have a different language that they speak but this time I think it's larger than both of them because they're both also stubborn. And we were talking about who could possibly help them resolve this conflict? Because in the end, you know, these are still Diana's sons and people are people. I think if they end up never speaking or having this rift for years, it's only going to hurt ever, you know, the Royal family, it's going to hurt everyone. But sometimes people don't know how to put the sword down. And the other day we were talking and I said, I think Sir Elton John will be the one. What say you, Jerry? <laughs> I don't know if he's going to sit down with them. But I could say that I think that, I mean, he did have some, um, he was, he, he knew the queen. I mean, the queen made him Sir Elton John. And I know he he played um, Candle in the Wind at Diana's uh, funeral. Mm -hmm. And from yeah. what I understand, it was the only time he ever played it live. Even And it's like one of the, most, the biggest selling song ever because people all over the world, he took his song and that was about Marilyn Monroe. That's and it was right. no it longer died young. Right. So it was no longer good, you know, goodbye, Norma Jean. Now it was he called her goodbye, England's Rose. That's right. And I mean it was it was beautiful. And and he really they really reworked the words to be to be meaningful for what was happening then. Um and what was the connection with with Sir Elton John and Diana? 
And, and also let's review his cards. Because well, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know what their connection was. I just know that he can't, that he, oh, the A's, right. I'm sorry. Yes. They were both very involved at that time in, in the, in, in the AIDS. I know that she would go to places where children had AIDS and remember she was like, you know, she would hug them and she was one of the first to actually hug and touch because People didn't want to touch anyone who had eggs. They, they thought they would catch it by just touch. Right. Was, and she carried the babies. She she was right. fearless in a way, wasn't she? Yeah. She really was amazing. Um, and I, Elton John, being, I mean, I know he's he is gay and a, a lot of uh, gay men at that time, especially, right. you know, were deathly, deathly afraid of dying from it. So he... I think they must have had a connection there because for him to sing at, I think it was at Westminster Abbey where her funeral was to to play that song and then make it the only time he's ever played it. Like he won't play it live. You know, it's, it's crazy, but it's, it's such a beautiful song. I mean, I, I listened to it and I think I, and I cried again for Diana. Well, you know, he he has a lot of my favorite songs and, and just a real catalog of music. Well, but let's talk a, about his cards first. Right. Because he's a jack of clubs and a double two of clubs. Which is which is really interesting. You know, the two of clubs is the, is the conversation card. And, you know, he this, what does he do? He performs. He's saying, I mean, everything is him him singing to people. Um Jack of clubs. He probably had some pessimism when he was younger, but he, you know, he started playing the piano really young and he, he was really amazing. Well, he's fascinating. He is a fascinating person. I, I really never read much about him until now looking him up and reading his bio. And it was, it's fascinating. And, you know, he's had a long-term partner, not partner of, being married, but a writing partner, Bernie Topin, and they he would write the lyrics, and Elton John would put the music to it, and they've been doing that for for years and years and years. But when you look at the cards, like Bernie's first card is the Ten of Clubs, so that the Ten of Clubs and the Jack of Clubs that Elton has, it's a spiritual connection right there. I mean, it's right. And I can relate because I have a ten of clubs. So I know Elton, if I meet you, we're really, we're going to be so close. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, so Bernie had the ability and the king of spades and a eight of diamonds. I mean, like we would pray. I wish I would have those cards, but he had the success cards. But, you know, Elton John had been the twos. Twos always need a person to be with. So he he needed his partner. He needed he needed Bernie, and they you know they may, met. I don't at the first time. I think it was just they sent each other. He sent lyrics. Uh, Elton John put music to it, and then it took a while. They were for them to really start you know churning out songs. But man, they wrote a lot of hit songs. But their first hit song was was your song. Oh, and you know, I even remember. And this is your song. This one's for you. Right. I, you know, I have to say, being married to my husband, 
I can understand that, but I actually have songs that are my songs that aren't just about a song. <laughs> I mean, I have my songs. I have a whole group of them. Right. And, and there's something it, special about that. It, it, there is really something special about having songs that you know were yours. Now, it would be great if they were number one hits, like your song. But, you know, I love that tiny dancer. Tiny dancer. And, uh, and it's funny because um, today I saw Russell Crowe on TV and he he was the producer of Almost Famous. And there's a big scene in Almost Famous where they're like on a bus and everyone starts singing Tiny Dancer. Yes. And it's such an, a crazy moment in that in that movie. And, you know, who else was in that movie? My our cousin, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. You know, it's funny. They they tried to do it on Broadway recently. They had an opening for it and, and it closed very quickly. Um it did. It didn't get great reviews because they wrote different music. I'm not sure what the backstory is, but I did hear. I was so excited to to get tickets. It was around, it was around Thanksgiving, and it was already gone. <laughs> well, again, I, I called my son. I was like, Andrew, do because my kids loved Almost Famous, and it was like, well, I heard it got terrible reviews. I said, how did you hear that so quickly? He goes, because I know that you know he knows. And then I listened to to one of the um, they were being interviewed and they started playing some of the new songs they wrote for the for the show. Uh-huh. And I, I just, you know, I don't know. We just didn't go see it. Right. Well, it's hard know, to do a movie to it. But the, that that movie, Almost Famous, was a really big blockbuster and it was a really important um, movie about well, musicians. It was, it was coming of age. Yeah. And, and Russell Crowe was really interesting to listen yeah, to. He was writing for the Rolling Stone magazine, right? Yes. It, like I was all excited because it, the Rolling Stone, he had a press pass. He was like 17 and he got into places because some, I forgot how we got the pass that I didn't hear, but the pass gave him entree into all, into the, the Rolling Stones magazine. They said, cover this band. So, I mean, he just, I don't know. Russell Crowe did a, he it was amazing and he wrote it was a great movie. And what I really loved, I found out today is that there are kids on TikTok making make, making little TikToks about almost famous. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, we're on TikTok too, but TikTok too, but we're not gonna do almost famous. We're not for the wise women on right, but they TikTok. but they actually have TikTok for almost famous. But anyway, so so Bernie and 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 um Elton were sort of destined to meet to write. I mean, they've been writing songs. It's almost like looking at the stones, you know, like all these years they're still writing songs, you know, they're writing songs together. And you know, I have to give, I mean, some of the greatest songs of our generation that he wrote. But he was there at the Diamond Jubilee and he was at the at the Platinum Jubilee. And both times he performed a song. So we know he was, you know, there with the Queen. Well, so so here here's my my take, which I thought was interesting. So, you know, when I drive, 
you know, my husband sometimes puts in different CD, you know, music. Yeah, we're old. We use CDs. <laughs> and the other day I get into the car and he had Elton John on. And the song that came up, I didn't even know the same. The name of the song was Border Song. But it was, and I'm going to read the lyrics because I think it's very relevant. You know, it was like, Holy Moses, I have been removed. I have seen the specter. He had, he has been here too. Distant cousin from down the line, brand of people who ain't my kind. Holy Moses, I have been removed. Holy Moses, I have been deceived. Now the wind has changed direction and I'll have to leave. Won't you please excuse my frankness, but it's not my cup of tea. Holy Moses, I have been deceived. And it just... It just reminds me of almost like the story of Harry feeling deceived. Yep. And 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 to to change to one other thought, you know, when Harry was talking about, I guess in two thousand five when they went to a Halloween party, mm-hmm. and he he chose he was he was deciding which which outfit to wear and with with uh, William and Kate, and he unfortunately picked the Nazi, the African Nazi uniform. And he said he was encouraged by by William, who laughed all the way back when he was 20. And William was 22. And, you know, when we talk about sibling rivalry and sibling fighting, we still have each other's back. You know, and I don't think that. I I don't think William had his back there. No, 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 no. And I think like as much as we could fight with our siblings, we always have their back. And I think the epiphany Harry had was, wow, he didn't have my back. He did have his back. And you know what? It's like as much as we talk about siblings fight and, you know, we're not weren't shocked that they're fighting. It's going to take a while for it to heal. I don't think it's going to heal. But this is why Elton's going to heal it. Going back to the border where my affairs my affairs ain't abused. I can take any more. I can't take any more bad water. Been poisoned from my head down to my shoes. Holy Moses, I have been deceived. Holy Moses, let us live in peace. Let us strive to find a way to make all hatred cease. There's a man over there. What's his color? I don't care. I'm not going to sing. He's my brother. Let us live in peace. Oh, he's my brother. Let us live in peace. He's my brother. Let us let us live in peace. Now, this was also about racial tensions, but it's interesting to me that it also ended with the brothers live in peace. Well, maybe we should send this song to Harry or to William. I well, I think William, because I think William needs to be enlightened now on what his you know, he has to take some responsibility. And, you know, I'm sure William has his side. But you know what? They need to put the swords down. And being Queen Elizabeth knighted Elton John, Sir Elton John, don't they knight them with a sword? <laughs> um, I, I mean, in, in my mind, they do. I don't know. I, you know, the sword on both sides of the of shoulders. I, I, I don't know. That's how, I think- That's how I envision it. And I think on behalf of Diana, I think I think Elton John, Sir Elton, is going to find a way. I don't know. I just woke up one morning. You see, tennis clubs, 
but I learned about myself from Jerry was so I go to sleep and some night, I, some mornings I wake up with new ideas and I don't know why. And that's my t- tennis club's mind at work. And then I get in the car and I hear the Ellen John song. It's like there was two messages to me. Right. I think, I think we all know that Princess Diana would not want her boys arguing. And she knows the importance of them finding peace. And this will enable the four of them, Megan, Harry, William, and Kate, who are, all have nines and want to do service. There's a big enough round table for the four of them to sit and figure out how to participate because they have to lead by example. Well, I won't disagree with you, but one of the, I have to go back to something that I heard um, Harry say, you know, earlier I said, he always thought his mother was alive. Mm -hmm. William also like, William always felt her presence. He said that he, he felt his presence for a lot of years, her presence for a lot of years. And Harry really didn't. But almost the, the exact time when um, when William didn't feel her, didn't feel her anymore, Harry started to feel her. Wow. Wow. Yeah, the story there, and I don't have the whole story down, but Harry said that all of a sudden he finally came to the realization that she really was gone and he started feeling her presence. And she would not. She wouldn't approve of the fighting, but I think she would approve of what Harry did to escape because she would know, she knew how vicious they were, the paparazzi, and she would understand what Megan was going through. And I don't think that she, she wouldn't, well, she went through it and it's got to be even worse than Megan being, being biracial. And, and, you know, it's, it's really interesting because this whole, scenario could have played out differently. They could have accepted her and not caused all this chatter and mean-spirited, you know, um, you know, high school, elementary school stuff. But I do think that her father had some say in this because he was, you know, selling pictures like he. Well, and he shouldn't have either. And, And that's a whole nother story. But the truth of the matter is, I think the final straw was when they took away security because they just wanted to, you know, leave the firm, you know, take back, take a, a step back. And I think security, that's that I think was the ultimate threat that they thought they could hold over their head. And I think that was very mean spirited and made it easy for them to say, how could you dare take security away from my family? And the queen could have chosen to pay for it herself if she didn't want the Commonwealth because she has plenty of money. She could have said, I will pay for this myself. So they could have had. Made it was things the queen so did. Different choices. I mean, even at the Jubilee, when they they have this moment where they all go out on the balcony and. They didn't invite Harry and Meghan on the balcony. She decided it would only be senior royals you know, the, the working royals and their fan and the, the little kids. And, you know, and that really, I think that was a really big snub to Harry. And it was the queen's decision. So 
I'm not sure what's in, you know, what's in her mind, what was in her mind, to be honest with you. Um, I think I would understand Diana's feelings more than the Queen's because the Queen is a little was a little confusing because I would think that she would say, yes, of course, you know, you're part of our family. Come and stand with us instead of saying, oh, no, you can't. You you can't yeah, be up there, there on the balcony. There's, there's a lot there, and and you know if we're at dwiswomen.com. Um, please sign up to subscribe. Write us a note if you want us to continue this conversation, um, because we've done lots of stories on them and the dynamics between all the royals, as well as the children and the grandchildren. Because I think we said. I think Lilibet has great Lilibet and, and Archie have great cards. Well, right. they all have beautiful cards, but I think we said we think Lilibet could be the first could be could be in politics. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't even know it yet. Um right. and, and Charlotte is gonna want to know her. And it'll be really interesting to see if you know, hopefully it doesn't go on where it's the next generation that's gonna make peace and say, what was wrong with the four of you? <laughs> There's more than enough for all of us to do. Look at this world. It's such a mess. Why did you have to fight amongst yourselves? Well, you know, that also Charles has to, you know, doesn't. There's still a story to be written. You know, he has to have his coronation. And, you know, you have to wonder whether Megan and Harry will be invited even. Well, I think he even has to be approved or voted on. Because he's also admitted to affairs on his wife, on his first wife. On Diana, you mean? Right. Because he admitted to having affairs. Affairs or just an affair with, with Camille? With Camille, yeah. But but I think that he has to be approved. I mean, even though the queen said it, I don't know, whatever, the, the coronation. He's the, he's the king. I mean, I don't think anyone has to approve him. I guess that's my... Ten of clubs, not thinking it's <laughs> clubs doing all the research. I'm not. I meant something, but, but regardless, he's got to be able to lead. And you know these these different um, commonwealths, these, these islands and different places, they paid to be a part of the of the commonwealth. And right. you know, that's why turning around and saying, "Oh no, no, we're not interested anymore." Well, that's why it's a, it's the, the senior royals. That's their job is to go to all these places, you know, and they've been Queen Elizabeth would, would go. She was so loved and Diana would go. She was so loved. And that's one other thing I want to bring up. You know, we didn't talk about Megan's cards really much other than she had nine of diamonds, but the double nine of diamonds and a jack of diamonds. But she was doing her own thing. Yes. And and be and serving and going to like Africa and all that way, you know, before she met Harry, you know, so they were aligned. I think when they met, that was one of the things that they were really excited about because they both were doing the same thing, just not together. I really think we should talk a little bit about Megan and her cards mm -hmm. because, you know, Megan ha has a double nine of diamonds and a jack of diamonds, which is a really interesting uh, birthday because she shares a birthday with uh, with President Obama. Yes. And now with Hakeem Jeffries, who is the head of the Democrat 
Democratic Party, like in Congress, who's, I think, a, a future superstar. And, and we will cover him, cover them in um, when we talk about politics. Right. But so we'll continue the story because we were talking about Nancy Pelosi and Kevin McCarthy. Right. But we're not talking about that now. But, but yeah. But so Megan was doing all of the same things that Harry was doing. She was she was there was no reason for what went on in in uh, in the UK against her. It, it didn't make sense. You know, they they almost they they concocted like they they just made up stories about her. And I think it's really sad. That, well, you know, you know, I think they they went to I don't remember if it was Australia or, or New Zealand or wherever they went. They were looking to Harry and Meghan were to step back and maybe do more work in, you know, in a different place. Because there's plenty of places. But to they wouldn't let them, right? No, no. They did go. And uh, Megan was, they were so popular. That's what I was going to say. They were so popular because being biracial and, you know, people thought they could relate to her. And and they were like, I, I don't know what the royal family thought, but they said, oh, God, no. Well, that's we exactly what I was. That was what I was thinking about a few yeah. minutes ago, that part of what happened, I think, is jealousy. I, absolutely. Because absolutely. she when when she when they got married, all of a sudden, everything was about Megan and Harry, Megan and Harry. And I think William and Catherine Kat and Kate got upset. You know, they were not getting the they were not in the spotlight. And I don't think. It was well received that that Megan was so popular. So, and I, and I think it had more to do with. I don't think they were they were consciously jealous, but I think when they're when they stopped getting being in the limelight after they were married, like it didn't calm down. It kept going. Right. Well, it, it, like they it thought, okay, going. we'll get past the wedding, okay, and things will simmer down. But it didn't. But it didn't because. Megan has that presence and she's an actress and you know the first time the paparazzi she's articulate yeah you know they, they went to Toronto when she was when she was uh filming suits and there was one day when she walked out of her uh you know her apartment Trailer. right the apartment. apartment and there was a group of paparazzi there and she walks out and she's like you know, um, you know, says hi to them. And then, you know, Harry's like, you can't say hi to them. Like, it was like such a big deal. She's like, well, you know, they're there. And I said, hi, I was trying to be friendly. And then he's like, no, you can never be friendly. You have to just walk past them and just ignore it. And I think that was probably hard for her to swallow, you know. And then as things heated up in England, I think that she realized, Oh, this is why, because they never stop. Well, it's very toxic, and, and and it sells papers, and it's it's that whole money machine. Yeah, I mean, so I it's think great to be a senior royal. What do you do? You travel, and you, you know, and you. I I, I, I think I think that they're in a very fa fragile state right now. 
They um, are, and I'm not sure what what Charles how he is going to really. I don't think he has the backbone to be the best king ever. No, and I I think though with what's going on in the world with the with the United Kingdom, with Russia, with Putin, Iran, and China, you know these these British commonwealths are protected by um, you know being you know when you look at some of these islands. I think it was Jamaica who said they wanted to um, renounce their the the Commonwealth, and they're allowed to do that. But then that opens up them up to Iran, China, Russia. There's someone else taking over, being powerful. So, so can they make it on their own? Or we, you know, I I think it's a dangerous dangerous thing because I think there must be other reasons that these countries participate in the in the, uh, the the commonwealth or from a from a worldview we need to understand that and protect that so i think that there's it's more fragile and i i hope they all put their swords down and they all sit at a nice big round table carve up the world and just do what they need to do and no one needs to visit the, you know be traveling you know, most of the time in their lives, they could spend time with their children too. True. So I, I think with that said, well, with that I, said, I look forward to next week's conversation. Me too. I'm sure I have an idea what we're going to be talking about, but whatever we talk about, they can find it on our podcast or on our 360 radio or our 360 network podcast, right? And on dearwisewomen.com. And they can read all about it on dearwisewomen.com. Yes, I'm back into writing now. I, I have the head for writing. But but also we want people to know that they, they can sign up. They can send us notes on who we want to, co- who they'd like us to cover. Oh, down in the sports are coming up, you know. We're going to be doing football, the football again. We're covering the Super Bowl. And, you know, we did that last February and I fell in love with the Bengals and, and Joe Burrows. And, you know, listen, the world was as as mean as the world is. We all stopped with the um, with uh, DeMar, um, with with the Patriots player having a heart attack on the, the field. And, you know, but not a patriot. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say patriot? I, I meant the the um the Bills, Buffalo Bills, and that was like the biggest anticipated game. Everyone was watching that game, and but the first like eight minutes, nine minutes, he had a massive heart attack. People were uh were frozen, were just horrified on the you know around whoever was watching, whether you were in the at the stadium or watching on TV. It was like a good hour where you just wanted, you just prayed he was okay. And and he he was. And it's like, wow, we'll just shoot anybody anywhere, but we're all praying that this football player lives. It was like a real moment of of humanity. It was. And and so we're going to cover the football because they were playing our Bengals. You know, and then I've seen Joe Burrows walk around. I'm like, oh, my God, I love him because we covered him. <laughs> it makes it more, so much more personal when you know people and their cards and who they are. I, and I, I think that's why I, I I love what we do, because 
you know, everybody writes the same thing, but we really do look at people from a different, unique point of view. Yes, and, you, do. you can contact us because we do private parties. We do board meetings. We do friends. We do relationships. So we're available for private. Yep. You can schedule time with us. Absolutely. I look forward to that. So with that, I say I'm Donna Bernard. Thank you for joining us. And I am Jerry Isaacs. Peace out.